Hey everybody, Brooke and Lauren here again. Uh, just like last week, before we get into today's episode, we want to take a minute and make a correction on something that you're going to hear. Yes, uh, same issue that I addressed last week. Uh, we talk at one point in this episode uh, about Compassion International, our excitement for partnering with them. And I talked about the ministry we used to have in an orphanage down in Mexico. I didn't misspeak quite as badly as I did last week, but I still misspoke. I still was inaccurate in when I said that major questions ra were raised about people using the money. And that's just not true. I was, I was mixing up that story with something else that happened in our history a long time ago. And I want to be really clear. Uh, there were never major questions raised from the orphanage standpoint, as well as from the church's standpoint about how the money was used. I think it was a beautiful thing that really honored the Lord. It's just that our partnership with that particular orphanage came to an end at one point. So please forgive me for misspeaking, for speaking inaccurately. Don't stop holding me accountable. Don't stop holding me and Brooke and anybody else on this podcast accountable to, uh, to getting the facts straight. And we'll go back and correct, uh, hopefully in those rare times we have to. Thanks, Brooke, for an opportunity to do that before we get into uh, our episode this week. Yeah, well, again, thank you for being honest and, and open and willing to do that. So let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode number 46. I'm here with Lauren, Mr. Sickumbears Jones, as he is still fiddling with his microphone and trying to figure out how to make it stay in I one place. I am so not mechanically inclined. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I just took my, my car in to get fixed, and they're explaining to me what they're going to do and uh -huh. what needs to be done, and I, it's embarrassing. It's emasculating, <laughs> if I can use that word. It's uh, it's making this sound like it's going whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> no, I don't do is that, that. Is that what you do? No, no, no. I play it way cooler than that. <laughs> I just, I ask them, hey, what do you think needs to get fixed here? Uh, you know, it's time to get this thing checked out. And it's actually a car I just got recently, and I, it's the first time they're looking at it. And, and he's explained a couple things to me, and I'm just nodding my head because I have no idea what he's talking about. It's it's embarrassing, man. I'm not proud of it. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things that's like we, we always want to it's one of those that you don't want to, you don't want to look stupid in front of somebody else and in front of one of those like if this is supposed to be the man thing like you're supposed to be able to work on a car and and know all these things like i don't know all those things and my car our car i don't even know if i told you this but, but our car broke down uh over the weekend as well my my wife had a had a uh, a procedure at the hospital and literally pulling into the hospital like it just like starts oh my goodness. freaking out and then it wouldn't turn back on oh no so um, we we actually why had, didn't you call me to come fix it I was going to but it was like it was making this like whoop 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 sound and I just didn't you know I'm I didn't familiar wanna. with that <laughs> we, we all uh, have our yeah. strengths you know yes, like yes. like I genuinely remember my dad who worked on cars <laughs> all the time like he'd come home with grease on his fingers and he, we always had used cars and and he would take me literally I remember he took me to a pit that we he got access to. And he's got me with him under the car, and he's showing me things because I think he's trying to be a good dad. Yeah, right. And I'm like 14, uh -huh. and I had zero interest. Sure. And he gave up on me, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so it's not like, you know, I just am a dumb 
guy. I just have zero. I've always had zero interest in mechanical <laughs> things. But then as an adult and as a dad and as a husband, it's it definitely has its shortcomings because you know, sure the stereotype right now, is I'm supposed to now handle you're supposed all to be this. teaching the girls how to do it. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm I'm the same thing. Like my my dad. Um, I don't know about my dad's level of uh, uh, mechanical um, smarts when it comes to the vehicle, but I know that there were times that um, that he was like, "Hey, let's go, come with me. We're gonna go change the oil on the car." And I'm laying under the car, and I didn't care, you know. And and <laughs> I, it's not even like it didn't inter- interest me or whatever. But at the time, it totally didn't. Like now, like I'm like, yeah, I know, I know how to change the oil in my okay, car. Okay, for the record, for for the the one or two dudes out there that are just completely giving up on me, I've changed the oil on my own car. I've changed the <laughs> brakes on my Jeep. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> But I would, I would rather pay somebody else to do that stuff. I know, yeah. You know? Well, that's because it's like, okay, so I could save myself $3 by doing this all on my own. That's fun. <laughs> I'm not going to spend that $3. I don't want to spend four hours on my Saturday. That's my <laughs> I, I rationale. Know, I know, that's what I'm saying. You know? That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not. Time, I, even, I even justify it like nobly, like I could spend time with my wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> and I mean, I'm going to watch the football game. Or I could go change the oil in my car. Did you watch any football this weekend? Hey, what? No, hang on, I, hang on. I hang missed on. it. Let when me... did Oklahoma play this weekend? <laughs> I was trying to be nice and give you a moment here, so now I'm not going to. So forget your Big 12 championship. No one cares. Um, I did watch some football. I was, uh, I think, the, to me, the game of the week was uh, was the Oklahoma State and, and Baylor game, which I know was a big deal for you. But Well, even for you to say that, that tells you how big a deal it was. It's a sweet, it's I, a classic. I only mean because it was close and it was back and forth and, and all of the rest of them were like, none of them were well, fun. And, yeah. They weren't fun. They That's were just true. Like, if you didn't have a dog in the fight, then no one cares. And, the, and none of the underdogs won, uh, arguably, except for Baylor. Right. I'm not going to say Bama was an underdog. <laughs> no, yeah. no, my uh, my my team did not play. My team lost and did not. What's make that like? It You're not game. used to watching other I'm not, teams I'm on not, TV yeah, about no. this time of year. The, the funny thing is that they, they lost, then lost the head coach like the next day, and so even after like when after after losing the game and not making it to the Big Twelve Championship, the 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 next week was still filled with OU football because they lost the head coach. It was like right. this it's is still all it's over still the, news, the big right? thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, so you're going to want to hang out despite the fact that we're talking about football. We'll stop that now, but, um, you're going to want to hang out. We have, um, if you were here over the weekend, we had a special guest from, um, that, uh, that, that shares her story with compassion churches as we have become a partner with compassion, uh, to, to sponsor a bunch of kids in Tapachula, Mexico. We had a special guest here. Her name is Kiwi and she shared her story. Lauren, you got to sit on stage with her. Um, we have an interview. I got to sit down with her after the services. Yes, and, bonus um, interview. That's right. So, so you want to hear that? That's that's fun, especially if you missed Sunday. You need to go back and watch the service um, and 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 hear that part of her interview. But we, or, or just of her story, and then uh, and then we just I took took a little bit of time, and we took about 20, 30 minutes, and and just dove a little bit more into her story and how. Uh, Jesus has made a difference in her life and how that was introduced into her world and what it's well, you know why it's a big deal to sponsor a kid with compassion and why we're doing that and all that kind of stuff. So stick around for that um, despite the fact that we talk about football. So just fast forward if you need to and <laughs> we'll get there. But so compassion, we had the compassion st- stuff all weekend long, right? So we had the we had the journey that was here in the cafe that was set up. We had a bunch of people that came and and went through that. 
and then we had on we had Compassion Sunday where you talked about some stuff, and then we had the opportunity to go and uh, sponsor some kids. And I am happy to report. Yes, drum roll. What's yes. the? I'm not going to do the drum Come roll on. that I've done before. They can't see you doing the drum roll with your with your hands. Like, but but I've that's listened, not even a very I've fast drum. Like, do episode, it faster. I've listened to the episode where I gave you a drum roll. It's a little embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's that noise that that uh, you tell the the people the car plays. And now, and now, no, seriously, <clears throat> what's the update? Yeah, so I'm, we, I'm excited. I know the numbers. I just am excited for everybody else yes. who's on the edge of their seat right now. Yes, edge of their. Uh, How many kids were sponsored this weekend? We had 67 kids yes. sponsored this weekend, which is a big deal, and especially coming from um, talking with Compassion, where they feel like if we just get one kid sponsored this will be a successful weekend because that's another kid that is getting taken care hey, of in and all seriousness, things provided for them. In all seriousness, they had such a great attitude about that. Like talking to Steve, we, lo, nobody here with probably a few exceptions met Steve. Uh, is it Steve or Steven? I, I keep calling him Steve. I've called him Steve from the beginning, but that also could be because I think you called him Steve, but his, I don't know. I've called him Steve the whole time. Steve, Steve. is over. Hi, Steve. Over a big <laughs> chunk of Texas, Oklahoma. I forgot what his territory is, but he works with churches. Uh, he's on staff full-time with Compassion, right. long-time ministry guy. Way cool guy. He's been our, our contact. Um, Brooke and Steve have worked a lot together the last few months leading up to this. I loved Steve's attitude because, you know, I think he's right. used to talking to people like us on our end going, oh, I hope a lot of kids get sponsored. Oh, yeah. if anything less than this number hits, then we're right. going to be disappointed. Right. And he just very matter-of-factly, he goes, if if one kid gets sponsored, this is worth it. Yeah. And then, instead of one, to we have... We got 67. 67. Kids. Yeah. Amazing. How many... How many opportunity... How much opportunity do our people have in the short term moving forward to still be a part of this? Yeah, just, so we, we started off with 115 kids from Tapachula, Mexico in these two specific uh, partner churches, and um, so far we have we have a whole bunch of those, but we do have 56 kids from those churches still available, and uh, we'll get into that in a little bit of how you can, um, how you can jump on that if you missed out. Um, we we still have that opportunity for the next uh, the next couple of weeks, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But but yeah, so sixty seven kids now are going to be um, engaged in the compassion projects there locally. They're going to have needs met for them. They're going to learn um, they're going to learn about Jesus and hear the gospel awesome. and that is so uh, awesome. and and then be able to take it home to their families, which is sixty seven families impacted. Yeah. Sixty seven um, families like that's a lot when you think about a community. That's a big deal. So yeah. oh, so cool. Yes. So specifically, forgive me. I, I don't remember. I, I guess it wasn't clear in my head as you said this just now. We are going to have some packets here this Sunday, the twelfth, this weekend, uh, and I think as late as the nineteenth. I don't think we're going to um, have packets available after that as we head into the Christmas season. Correct? Yes. Well, you're messing up my notes here because I was going to talk about that later, but it's fine. Oh, sorry. It's fine. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you're in charge here. Whatever. I'm not um, in charge, Brooke. This is your baby. <laughs> No, yeah, so we still have packets that will be available. Um, I'll have to kind of figure out what, what all that, that looks like because I don't know 
if if that'll be me or somebody else, but we'll have um, we'll have those available in the lobby following the services for the next couple of weeks, the next two weeks, and as well, if you are not somebody that's coming locally or um, maybe you're still online or or whatever, we do have a web link through Compassion. You can go to compassion.com/colonialchurchtx, as in Texas, and that will be. Uh, the kids will be available. There, there are kids available there as well, specifically from our area in Tapachula. So, um, so you can get them on the weekend, or you can go to that web link. We'll put it in the show notes, and um, and I'm sure we will bring that back up a couple of times. And I know that uh, Kiwi and I talk about that later on too. Absolutely. So. Well, and one example, you know, yesterday evening, uh, you know, long after the day, uh, after the morning we spent with Kiwi and, and with compassion on our brains. Got a text message from one of my good friends here at Colonial. I said, we missed church this morning. We just watched the service online uh, on Facebook. Oh, my goodness, that's exciting. How do we still sponsor uh, some kids? And uh, asked if packets were available. So I, I trust he's not alone. Yeah, We'll have at least a few more trickle in that, that catch up with us these next two weeks. And I want to remind everybody, uh, this is a long-term relationship that we are just now beginning. Mm-hmm. So just like... Uh, our family started uh, a long-term relationship with two kids, Kareem and Ricardo. Um, our church is starting a long-term relationship with Compassion, and uh, I'm excited to see what we do in in the upcoming years. Yeah, for yeah, sure. and and you've 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 talked about just um, the 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 hope that we could be able to go and mm-hmm. uh, and visit Tapachula in in the coming years and be able to potentially meet those kids and just see what what has changed and what's uh, what's going on in that mm-hmm. in that city and that that community through uh through what's going on here at the church what God's doing in our hearts here so yeah um so and, I, and I want to say even more cool. the more than hope I think it's very realistic right. I think I, th- I think it's downright uh worth planning on it's it's more a matter of when and yeah. and who gets to go you know uh, not everybody will have the means or the time or even the inclination maybe to go, but I think I think we'll be able to take um, anybody who wants to go down there mm-hmm. uh, maybe as soon as next year. I don't know what the timeline will be uh, as part of the work that I know you're going to be doing, Brooke, with Compassion to kind of have more of a long-term plan in mind. Yeah, so we do have uh, we do have kids available. So there there are still kids that are in need of sponsors. So if you missed out, um, if you've been uh, you've been thinking about it, you've been debating, you've been arguing with God, and whatever is going on in your heads, we still have some. We still have kids available, and we'll have those available for you on the weekend, or you can go to that website. So that'll be good. Well, we're not going to go uh, entirely too long today because I want you to listen to that uh, that interview with Kiwi. That uh, just if you missed her story, or you just want a little bit more information, and um, you know, uh, it was a, it was a joy to to meet Kiwi and uh, you and I, Lauren. We we were on a Zoom call with Kiwi a couple weeks ago, and um, and just just to see her like start to share her story, just kind of a little bit, mm-hmm. and that she's you know on the Zoom call, she's tearing up a little yes. bit, and and you know because it's obviously that it's obvious that that this is such a big thing yes. for her, and and then to to watch her on stage share her story twice over the weekend, and then get to sit down with her again, um, you so know, so cool. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, and, and I I think because I grew up a bit of a skeptic. For any skeptics out there, um. I just want to reiterate what you just said to see her passion for the Lord and her 
just conviction of how much he has done for her and specifically through compassion to see that in a zoom call, you know, when there is no audience, mm-hmm. there is no crowd, right, right. uh, just speak so loudly to me, you know, um, so cool to have her here. So, so let's let's talk about that for a minute here. So, let's say there is someone out there who decided not to, or maybe they're unsure. Maybe they're literally skeptical about this. Like, mm, I, I don't know about this thing. What would you say to that person? Um, maybe from the perspective of uh, the transparency, or, um, or 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 what compassion? You know how com- compassion is rated, where the money is going. What would yeah. you say to that? Yeah, I know you and I have talked quite a bit about this, and this matters. I think. I think first of all, uh, we as a church, as a as a particular local church, uh, were involved with ministry through an orphanage. Uh, I don't know how many years ago. It's been a bunch of years. Um, different leadership in place. Uh, even some of the people that were really involved with that are not around anymore. But long story short, is it did not end well. There were some mm-hmm. major questions raised about the trustworthiness of the people using that money for what they said they were using it for. And I think that that in part, aside from our excitement already about partnering with compassion, um, our, our, our conviction that, okay, let's not, let's not deal with just an individual or just this orphanage over here or just that group over there. Let's work with compassion international. Who's been around since 1952, who's doing this worldwide who I have personal relationships with people on staff, who other pastors on our staff have been sponsoring kids through for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, then to cut to the chase, what you just asked about, I, you know, every 501c3, every every fundraising uh, organization gets rated. Uh, they get held, you know, uh, accountable for how are you using this money? How much specifically? I think the big questions that are asked often of groups like Compassion or like Young Life right here in our city, is how much of the money that's given to these organizations is actually used for what you say it's going to be used for, for, for ministry, and in this case, to these kids, mm-hmm. and to, to their education, and to their health care, and, and those kind of things. And thankfully, these unbiased you know rating groups that do it have got compassion just right near the top of the list. It's so encouraging. I encourage any of you listeners that are skeptical, or even just curious, all you got to do is Google how much money donated to Compassion. You just type that in, and all of a sudden, you know, things start filling in, and you just click on a couple links, and uh, it'll show you that 81.4% of the money is going directly to their programming, mm. to these kids and all their needs. Uh, that may not be as high a percentage as some people would expect. Um, I had to learn that that is near the top. Uh, yeah. Because you still have administrative costs, you still have fundraising costs, sure. you still have staff you're paying to make all this stuff happen, but to have 81.4% going to actual ministry is really, really good. Um, and they've, they've been highly rated for a long time, so um, I just feel so good from an integrity standpoint about the trust we're putting in compassion uh, with the way we're partnering with them, so... Very grateful for that. Yeah. Well, so let's let's dive into the the message just a little bit um, before we get to uh, the interview with Kiwi. Uh, you you talked based on a whole lot of different scriptures throughout throughout the Bible that um, uh, about how God sees the poor and the vulnerable and the needy. Um, 
and I mean, it, there's there's several of those verses that I, I you know in in my position with with things that that matter to me already stick out in my head, and um, and, and so the you know you made the point that you know how we treat the poor is directly related to how we treat God, mm-hmm. and um, that seems to be a uh, huh, that's a pretty that's a pretty big that's a pretty big point. You know, mm-hmm. especially when you think about how many, how often we drive by somebody and try to find something else to see. Sure. You know, quote unquote. Sure. Uh, around that stoplight that we don't want to read the sign or or whatever. Um, what, what's you know how how would you say that that is um, in our daily lives that we're treating God in that way mm. and and ignoring and ignoring Him when we're ignoring others. Yeah. Well, you made me have. A couple thoughts come to mind. Um, First of all, a practical thought comes to mind is I I think that was an easy example I made of, you know, driving up to the proverbial stoplight or stop sign and there's a, a, a someone on the street asking for money that unfortunately is as close to the impoverished as most of us get on any given day. Mm. Most of our listeners anyway, you know, in our, um, in our culture and that's probably not the best, if, if I can even be this apologetic, it's probably not the best example of how we treat the person at the stoplight every time because we're inundated with that. Mm. And and I'm of the firm conviction that handing cash out the window, not all the time, but most of the time is, is probably not the wisest way to help that person. Um, the few times I have stopped and given them food or I have taken them, you know, over to a, I can see a fast food place across the way or a gas station across the way. Say, meet me over there, and I'll buy you some food. Um, I've, I've felt the best about those moments, you know. But the fact that we don't do that every time, I think, is not a fair. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I just think I think it's a bigger question. If I can back up, it's a bigger question than how we just treat the people at the stoplight. Yeah. You know? um, I think I think a fair question is okay. There's a lot of scripture about the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking up some stuff before we started recording. Uh, there are nearly 3,000 verses concerned with justice for the lowly, for the stranger, for the oppressed. There are almost 400 verses specifically referring to the poor. 400 verses mm. in Scripture. Um, just to spout off a few right in front of me, you know, Psalm 34, the Lord hears the cry of the poor. Uh, Psalm 82 the writer calls upon God to defend the cause of the weak, the fatherless, maintain the rights of the poor. Uh, Proverbs says that he who oppresses the poor uh, insults his maker. We read that yesterday. And whoever is kind to the poor honors God. Um, Proverbs 29, the righteous care about justice for the poor. The wicked have no such concern. There's so many passages about the poor. And as we said yesterday morning, as we looked at, God just clearly identifies with the poor. Um, I didn't say this yesterday, but I was thinking about how did Jesus, I think a good word is inaugurate his public ministry. Let's remember the life of Jesus. He was pretty private all the way up to right around age 30. And then he kind of had his coming out party. And his first words (laughs) were to read from Isaiah, Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. That's how he started. Yeah. Like, that, that should sit, that says a lot to me. You know, when the candidate <laughs> comes out and announces he's running, you know, in this case to be the new king. <laughs> yeah. 
And the first thing he says, this is my mission statement. That says a lot. Uh, later, he's talking to a man about um, what it means to follow him. And in that case, he says, you need to give everything you have away because you are rich and you're caught up in it specifically because yeah. you are idolizing your stuff. You need to give all that away to the poor. And the guy walked away and he, Jesus famously said to his followers, man, it's easier for, uh, what do you say? It's easier for, uh, to get a camel. a camel through the eye of a needle than it is for the rich to enter into the kingdom. Now there's some different interpretations of that, but the sure. point is it's really difficult <laughs> for the rich. The point is it's, it's not know? easy. And well, so, so, so that, that. That, that brings up a question in that if, if God so much identifies with the poor, the vulnerable, and, and obviously if we see it so much throughout Scripture, then how, how does that, where does that leave rich people? Where does that leave people that are well-off or that are not vulnerable necessarily? Yeah. Like, yeah. does that mean that God does not identify with them? Does that mean that they're just kind of left them. out there? You he does correct. not love them. You are correct. What is it, where, where does that leave them? No, in all seriousness, I mean, to be blunt, and I, I would hope that all of our listeners know enough about God, know enough about the Scripture to know that God's love is incredibly unconditional, that He loves every single one of us. He loves the rich. He loves the poor. Uh, the reason that I believe He says it's so hard for those of us who have more is that we we are less prone to desperately turn to him. We are, we are more prone to depend on ourselves, to find significance, to find value, to find strength in our stuff. And uh, I think while he loves all of us equally, he wants us, dare I say it, to be destitute for him, mm. you know, to be... Blessed are the poor in spirit. Absolutely painfully aware of our depravity, our need for him, our, our condition apart from him, poor or rich. And, um, I used to, I used to say this early on in my faith. I don't, I, I don't know how, how accurate a theological statement is these days, but I think when I was young in my faith and I was coming to understand that God wanted me to know how much I desperately needed him. I remember being a huge Michael Jordan fan in my early adulthood and just going, you know, I'll bet it's way harder for Michael Jordan to know, come to know Jesus than mm. it is for most people. Mm. Cause he's, he's like a God in our world. You know, he yeah. was for a time and rich women, you know, open doors all around him. Uh, maybe that helped him come to a place as rich as he was come to a place of like, I have it all and it's not enough. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's enough. But, but we hear that story a lot of why do we visit third world countries and marvel at their joy and mm. their contentment in Jesus? Yeah. Uh, I, I they, think there's a reason Jesus said, blessed are the poor, mm. you know? So now I found this too, and this really struck me. I want to read this. This is from a, a writer I was, I was reading earlier that I think this is a, I think this is a word some of us, not poor people need to hear, especially some of us who judge. I, can I can I include myself as, as I preach here? Um, this writer says, the poor are not always victims of others. Often they are victims of their own undisciplined appetites. The poor, just like the rest of us, are not generally noble. 
Many of them wouldn't give you the shirt off their backs, but they might take yours. <laughs> Still, we are called to love and serve them, not because they're lovable, but because they are our brothers and sisters, because in their suffering, even self-inflicted, they are Jesus. Jesus does not say, I was legal and you clothed me, or I was sober and you fed me, or I thanked you profusely when you gave me something to drink. Hmm. Our responsibility to the poor is not defined by whether they make us comfortable, whether they see the logic of it, but by their need. Because God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5. Um, I love that. We're, we're not loving the poor because they deserve it. We're, we're loving unconditionally because Christ's love compels us. Mm-hmm. And so for anybody who's a little judgy and I'm raising my hand here in the podcast studio, (laughs) um, we need to remember, we don't do this because we get something out of it. We don't do this so that they will change so that they will thank us. We do it because how we treat them is how we treat the Lord. And we are called to be givers and servants. And I'm so convicted of that. Hmm. Well, it was, it was just interesting as you, as you were rattling off verses, um, Throughout the message, you know, to the the least of these, father to the fatherless, the defender of widows, to you know that we we should stand up for justice and speak or ensure justice, speak up for the poor and the hopeless, um, you know, not to rob the poor and needy. That the Lord is their defender again, you know, um, and so it's just you know it's 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 over and over and over, and um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's almost like we, we live in a, a society that has done so well to hide those kinds of things that it becomes very easy to uh, live a life that's just doesn't see it. Doesn't, Absolutely. It's not involved in it, and that's, that's tough, because that means, okay, now I have to start to examine things in my yeah. life, you know, yeah. where I where I drive and how I, you know, wh- where my eyes go and how I'm paying attention to things that are around me and yeah. who's affected and who's oh, affected by my decisions. You're hitting it on the head. In fact, I think that's been the impact of global exposure to in my life is is I think the whole point is not necessarily changing a life on the other side of the planet you know, in that specific part of the world, but it, it forces me in a really, really good way to come home, to be in my little sphere of influence here. And my eyes are just a little wider, you know, I'm just a little more able innately to notice need. Yeah. Um, I'm a little less inclined to look away, I think. Mm. Um, so I'm thinking about, you know, other trips I've spent, you know, we used to go to the same uh, border town in Mexico uh, at my church in Houston many, many years ago. And just just to walk on the dirt, uh, to be in the homes that were just so, so much less than I would have ever guessed that the conditions they would live in, to, um, to eat the food they ate, uh, to see chickens and dogs just running everywhere, mm-hmm. just mangy. I'm a dog lover. <laughs> There's no purebred dogs in Mexico. <laughs> you know, they're just just mangy looking coyote looking dogs, you know, and just going, this is daily life. Yeah. And I come home and get in my, get off the plane, get in my car, turn on my smartphone, and I can't forget, mm-hmm. you know, at least for a short time. Um, that's part of my hope with our partnership in Tapachula, Mexico, uh, with compassion is 
over time, I, I, I think these relationships with these, these young kids, as well as the trips we take, I think it's going to, it's going to change at some significant level, the way we see the world yeah, and the way we minister here in Wichita Falls to people. Well, okay. So let me ask an opposing question then. Um, this is not a question that necessarily came into the podcast, but that as, as our advertising and stuff went out throughout Facebook for this past weekend, um, the, one of the comments that was, that was put on there was, well, why are we working so hard to try to convince people to meet the needs of people on the other side of the world when there are plenty of, of people in poverty and, and, in in people that have tons of needs that we could, that we could affect mm. right here? That is a great question. That's probably one of the biggest questions some are asking when we do something like this. And if you're, if you're wondering that, you're, you're far from alone. It's a great question. I would say this, first of all, when Jesus told his first followers, I want you to tell everybody about me, and I want you to go, I want you to teach them what I've, what I've taught you, and I want you to go first to Jerusalem, then to Judea, which is the region of the country around Jerusalem mm. and to Samaria, which is the neighboring country and to the ends of the earth. Um, it's a fair question. Did he mean that in a linear fashion, you know, start here. And as soon as you've met all these needs, <laughs> then go to the, other, the outskirts, to the other villages, to the other parts of Judea. And as soon as you've met all those needs, then go to Samaria. Like I think that's our logical way of thinking without even realizing it. Uh, and yet, I, I hope as I say it out loud, that seems as crazy as it is, you know, because we're never going to meet all the needs right here in Wichita Falls. And God commanded us in our context, okay, I want you to meet the needs right here in Wichita Falls, and I want you to meet the needs in Texas and, and tell people about me. I want you to evangelize and meet needs across the country, and I want you to go into Mexico, and I want you to go to North, South America and Europe, and I want you, you know, it just goes and goes and goes. So I'm convicted, and I interpret the Scripture this way, that it's, it's all of it. God wants us to do it all, um, and he wants us to have a global perspective. Um, now, one of my favorite mentors in seminary pushed back, and we were approaching graduation. Some young, idealistic pastors wanted to change the world, wanted to advance the kingdom, and he said, um, "Don't forget this, guys. I remember this. We're sitting at we're sitting at the last mustard stand outside in Inglewood, Colorado, having a hot dog," and he said, uh, "Don't forget that the need does not equate necessarily to the call." Meaning. And that's just his way, yeah, meaning just because there's a need doesn't mean you're supposed to meet it because we are inundated mm -hmm. with needs. And and you can't, I got to love my kids. I got to sleep a decent amount each night for my body to refuel. I have a job. I, got, I can't go around meeting every single need. We know people who try to do that, and some of them do it really well for a week <laughs> or maybe that four-year span in their life and yeah. then they are burned out and dead and and so it's not wisdom or i think even from the lord to say we've got to meet every need mm -hmm. um so it's a fair question of which okay but which needs do we meet and that's where it comes back to daily god what are you saying mm -hmm. what do you want me to do about it god has god has actually has direction for us and 
in this case, we believe everything has, has led to this particular partnership and wisdom and listening to the Lord has led to people recommending from Compassion's End, uh, Tapachula and us embracing that idea. And, um, I guess one other aspect to answer that question is without a doubt, um, as I've already, I've already said this, so I'll try to be really brief instead of redundant. When I, when I'm exposed to need across the planet, it does, it does impact my community here. It does impact the way I, like I, it makes me more conscious of there's 400 plus kids in our foster care system here in Wichita Falls that desperately need a home. My relationship with Ricardo and Kareem and my, my interactions with compassion in Tapachula, I'm really confident are going to keep on my brain, man, there's kids right here. We got to, we got to, we got to somehow bless mm. as well. So I think they go hand in hand. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think we tend to compartmentalize and limit. And I think the Lord wants us to really prayerfully consider how are we going to, how are we going to do Jerusalem, but also the ends of the earth? How yeah. are we going to do both? Well, and I think you, I think you bring up a good point in that, you know, not everybody's passion is the same. You know, not everybody's call. I guess that's the word you used. Um, not everybody's call to meet the needs around them is the same. You know, right? I I I know that my wife and I have had conversations that there's you know there's been times that that uh, um, working with homeless communities um, has been on the forefront of her mind and was not for me. You know, and working for foster care stuff was on the forefront of my mind and, and, you know, and so it's just like, we can, we can have different, a different, uh, a different calling or different, different passions that to, to meet different needs. Um, in, in the same way, I mean, you, you I thought it was funny. You used, uh, Joseph Stalin as, a. I ripped that off from another pastor, and I just love that quote is amazing. Can't believe we're quoting Stalin in church. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought it was. I was like, this is Joseph Stalin. It almost it? feels like downright wrong. I know. You know? But, I mean, whether, you know, I don't know. I don't I th- know if I think that attributed quote, to him or if it's right or whatever. I think that quote from him is him going, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, right. I killed millions of people because he's, he's an evil else. man. <laughs> and it's just a statistic. I think, I think ironically, we redeemed, redeemed his quote. Yeah, in, in, not an, in a not funny way at all. That's, that's what he all. was going for. But, but, I mean, the truth is, if, if you're looking at the massive need of everything, you, you become hopeless or, uh, or at least stall out. Because, paralyzed. Yeah, right. Because you, you just, it's like, uh, I can't fix that. Right. But when you can look at it and say, there's, you know, this many handful of kids in Wichita Falls that we yep. could affect their lives yep. in foster care or, yep. uh, you, know, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so I thought that was, that's a, you know, you, you said um, there's 736 million, I think is what the number was, um, people that live on less than a dollar ninety a day. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't fix that. Nope. I can't fix that. But, but I can help Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. We Ricardo can help and Kareem, right? And their families are. <laughs> it's still sinking in. Ricardo and Kareem's families are going to be dramatically impacted, even before Christmas this year, mm. because because I'm going to go without a handful of Starbucks drinks. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm. 
Okay, one more question before before we get to this uh, wrap up and get this interview. Um, so one of the verses that you you read, uh, and I I didn't write down which one it was, so I apologize. Um, but it, it seems, and I just thought it would be a good a good uh, a good thing to talk about, and and not just glaze over. But uh, it it, it uh, at a at a surface level reading, it almost sounds like um, it said uh, it said that he was rich. Talking about the generous grace of 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 Jesus, right? Second Corinthians eight nine. He, yeah, I'm 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 reading from my notes when you have the actual thing. So okay. he was rich. Um, he became poor so that his poverty might make you rich. Mm-hmm. Um, at a very surface level, that sounds very prosperity gospel. In that, if because he went because because Jesus came and he became poor, now I should be. I sh- things should work out in a way that that makes me better off or well off or whatever. So, uh, help help us understand what is that? What is that really? What is that really getting at? That doesn't mean I'm going to win the lottery because I believe in Jesus and I pick these numbers. Well, uh, my sh- very short take on the prosperity gospel is context matters, and there is nothing in anything Paul taught or modeled anywhere else. He's, he's the writer of this letter to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians we're reading from. There's nothing that speaks to any assumptions or understandings of the gospel, the saving work of Jesus leads to wealth, leads to prosperity. This is, I, I would argue, and I'm not looking at a commentary in front of me, I'm not looking at some scholarly interpretation, so I, I think you should even take this part with a grain of salt. Um, but first of all, I think there's a little bit of poetry here. I think, um, and that may not be the right word, but, but imagery, I would, I would say there's imagery here. He's not, when he says by his poverty, he can make you rich. He's not talking about dollars and cents. He's not talking about mansions. He's not talking Mm -hmm. about wealth at all. Um, he is talking about though he was rich. He had it all. He was the king of the universe. What is, what is Paul, same author, it's important, let's compare apples to apples. What does Paul say Jesus did in Philippians 2? He emptied himself completely, completely left everything he had to become human. You could, you could argue he became poor here, yet for your sakes he became poor, yet for your sakes he became human, even to the point of being a servant, even to the point of being a servant who died, so that by his humanness by his brokenness by his death sacrificial death he could make us rich by his poverty he could make us rich make us fully alive make us um connected to god make us full of purpose make us full of the spirit and all the fruit that comes from it like that's that's what richness means so I, I get where, as we talk about extreme poverty and living on less than a dollar ninety a day, and having no money, I get where that might be missed as we look at Second Corinthians eight nine. But the the truth of the matter is exactly the same: is that he modeled for us. We empty ourselves. Let, let's step back. Isn't that really what the end end goal here is? What what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. We imp- just like Jesus did. We empty ourselves so that God fills us up. And it's not bait and switch, or, or that's not the right word, cause and effect, you know, selfish so we get something. It's, it's what he made us for. Jesus modeled it, did that for us. 
Um, there's something to be said. I don't want to do it. I don't want to give up my creature comforts. Yeah. But I know in my head that truth from scripture is that just like Jesus emptied himself and then what does Paul say right after that? You are to have the same attitude as Jesus. There is an argument for, I'll, I'll exaggerate because I don't know that the Lord is saying this to us, but there's an argument that my wife and I figure out how to go with one car. There's an argument that we live in a smaller house. There's an argument that we uh, have less shoes options and not have, you know, cable service or whatever. So that's, but not because we're flogging ourselves, you know, masochistic, um, but so that we can take that pile of money <laughs> and we can bless people yeah. and we can give. And um, at some level, my wife and I are making those decisions. And at some level, I'm just like the rest of our listeners, I'm holding back. Mm. I'm holding back and I'm serving myself and that's the daily life of, of wrestling with the sins of the flesh and the desires of the flesh and the conviction to, to trust and follow Jesus. Can you relate to that at all? I mean, am I being... Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's a, especially when you start having this conversation, like it, it becomes something that I think comes up in people's minds a lot in that we live in a very well-off country in you know part of the world and um and yeah we could we could do those things and and uh flog as you said flog yourself and um that's not that's not what we're going for just to be clear right right i mean that's what i'm saying you could do that but you know more so like i ask well okay so if you've been blessed like what are you doing with that right you know um not to um spoil anything but you know kiwi says in the interview she said um you know blessed people bless people yes and and so i think it's it's, it comes back to that when you realize the blessings that you have received yes and there's a difference in the blessings that you have received and the blessings that you see as what you have done for yourself yeah you know then the natural response is to bless the people, you know, bless other people. You're making me think, you know, we go back to the great commission in Jesus. It's still right as believers to go back even farther to what God started in Abraham. Uh, I'm blessing my people so that they will be a blessing. Hmm. That is still, that's still the same God we serve as we follow Jesus is we have been blessed to be a blessing. I, I don't know if she her, I haven't heard the interview recording that you did with her. So forgive me if she says it, but it's worth <laughs> saying again. I know when she was talking just to us, she said, you know, you've heard the statement, hurt people, hurt people. That's what I've heard that through celebrate recovery, you know, our recovery ministry here right. and other places that I just, I've repeated that so often. It's so true. When we get hurt, what do we do? We turn around and we hurt people. And the other side of that from the Lord is when we get blessed, it is just a compulsion. It's not even a, ah, uh, okay. Yeah. That's what blessed people do. Blessed people, bless people. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah, and, and then you, you brought it at the end, you know, why should I value the vulnerable? Because they are image bearers of God, and because it's a blessing to them, and it's a blessing to you, and it's yep. a blessing to your family. And Everybody wins. Yeah. It's not often everybody wins. Usually your guys <laughs> win and my guys lose. To bring it back to sports. <laughs> <laughs> win, win, win. That's right. All right, let's pause the conversation. Let's get to Kiwi here in a Man, second. Man, y'all enjoy this conversation with Kiwi. I'm so thankful that God brought Kiwi to our church she this was, weekend. She was a lot of fun. Um, 
we uh, again we have we still have uh, packets available. If you missed out, um, you can still jump on board and get uh, and get the opportunity to sponsor a kid. You can do that this weekend. Uh, we will have those available for you. You can go to compassion.com/colonialchurchtx and and get them there as well. Lauren, what can we expect next week? Next week, we are, well, on the the next couple Sundays, we are stepping back into our series on the book of Acts, and I'm really excited about the things we're going to talk about, Uh, but we're also bracing ourselves for the joy of the Christmas season, so a couple things I'll remind all of our listeners about. Um, A week from this Wednesday, so that'd be the Wednesday the 15th, we've got our Jingle Jam, which is a really, really fun experience on a Wednesday night in our church auditorium that our kids' ministry is putting on. My kids are super excited. Oh, my kids are excited too, and they're even bigger than your <laughs> kids. But I, it's adults will laugh and enjoy the joy, enjoy the joy. Enjoy the joy. Of our kids. Um, and I don't know if we'll have, I, I know in years past, I think a couple years ago before the pandemic, we had that place was packed, like 500 people. Yeah. I hope we have at least a couple hundred, even, even with what's been going on with our culture. But all that to say, don't miss Jingle Jam, uh, Wednesday the 15th. And then one other reminder, our Christmas Eve service times have been set, and we're going to have two uh, identical Christmas Eve services, to uh, 3.30 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Friday, Christmas Eve. Um, we're going to get the word out really well over the next couple weeks about that. Really looking forward to celebrating this season with our church family. Man, Christmas is coming. It's coming. Gosh. This I year love has, this time of year. This oh. year has flown by. Yes. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I feel like we say that every year, but well, can it, can it be possible that they all still get faster? I think and faster? we've limped through a couple years in some <laughs> ways too, though. and those felt like, like a decade. Yeah. So maybe you're right. I don't know. I think, I just think there's a lot to celebrate and, oh yeah. And Jesus, it's going to be, oh, fun. and Jesus, it's right. going to be fun. That's right. Okay. Well, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from our app, the App Store, Google Play Store. We'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions, send us your feedback, podcast at colonialchurch.com. That's our email. Thanks for listening. We'll pick up the conversation next week. Now let's get to the interview with Kiwi. Okay, so we are back here with Kiwi. Hi, Kiwi. How are you? I'm good, Pastor Brooke. Good. How are you? Man, I'm I'm good. Thank you so much for being here over the weekend, for sharing your story with us. Um, I know I speak for a lot of people that were here that your story is very impactful mm-hmm. and uh, a, a blessing for us to be able to hear. Um, not everybody that listens or uh, that, that has the opportunity would was here over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take a few minutes just so that our, our listeners could hear from you, yeah. could get to hear your story a little bit, um, and, uh, and, and just maybe maybe pepper you with some questions or something. Okay, <laughs> okay so, so you are, um, you, you've been in the United States for how long? For almost 14 years now. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's a long and time. So <laughs> what... what um, when when you uh, when you lived in you're from the Philippines, yes, correct? Yes, I am from um, the Philippines. Where in the Philippines? I'm going to say that like I know anything <laughs> in the Philippines. I so don't. the Philippines, it's seven thousand one hundred eight islands, and okay. I am one. I'm, I'm in the middle of those island groups. It's called Visayas. Okay. So Bacolod City, and then we moved to the Central Business District when I was nine years old. Okay. So that's uh, that's where I live in until I came to America. Yeah. 
Okay, so as a as mm-hmm. a person who grew up mm-hmm. in compassion, um, in, or in the compassion program mm-hmm. in the Philippines, tell me about um, what was what was compa- what was life like prior to compassion? Mm-hmm. Um, you said you were in one place at mm-hmm. one, and then you, and then at nine you moved to another mm-hmm. area. So mm-hmm. were were those different? Tell me about life before before compassion came into your world. So before compassion, of course, we live in a very like poor community. So I don't really think of something is wrong other than we don't have a lot of food to eat. Yeah. Uh, I thought that's the norm. It's normal. Until we have been exposed to, you know, people who has more money, mm. more food to eat, especially in my community, uh, for people to get out of the community, most of the the the, the youth there or, you know, uh, almost adult people, they would go abroad to become sex workers or okay. or in the boat they will become like uh workers in in a cruise ship okay. something yeah. like that to get out of poverty right so that they, they'll have more so i would be thinking oh why did they have this good food in their table on the table but my mom said oh this is what they do mm. and to myself i don't want to do that stuff right. i don't want to go abroad and do the things that i oh i don't want to do yeah so hang on let me interrupt mm-hmm. you for a second mm-hmm. um would you are are you saying that those are like the main ways to get out of out of what you lived in out of the out of the out of the, the place that you live the 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 easiest ways out yes. was sex work or uh, tourism trap uh, being like, a maid in okay, other countries okay, a maid, yeah or a, a worker in a cruise ship or something like that heavy labor yeah is most especially being a, a maid yeah. for for in, in Japan or Hong Kong mm. which is in my family some of my cousins would do that some of my of our relatives would yeah. do that so that's what I'm exposed to that for you to be able to get out of that situation you need to go out of the country and do this mm-hmm. but as a kid, I don't know yeah. what that inkling is. Maybe I just don't want to do that. I want to be able to, you know, go to to, to school, right. um, have an education, yeah. and and that's what I want to do. So without mm-hmm. w- w- wanting to go to school, I think mm-hmm. about my kids and how mm-hmm. often they're like, can we not go, you know, what is it like to, to want to, <laughs> to go, go to school, to, school. <laughs> to want to need that, you know, to need that on the other side? Is uh, it, did you have to pay to go to school? Like, what is it, what is it, what is it like living in a place that, uh-huh. um, what our kids are growing up in yeah. the midst of being blessed and, yes. and privileged of having all of this that's like, you know, my kids go to public yeah. school, so it's paid by, you yes. know, tax dollars and that kind of thing in the United States. And so uh-huh. it's very different. Yes. So what's that like there? There is a public school that you can go and you don't have to pay. But Pastor Brooke, the public school in one, like maybe a very, very small classroom, yeah. there's going to be 60 to 80 of you wow. in, in a very small classroom yeah. that your classmate would be seated in the same chair as you because you don't have... Because you got to share chairs. You ha- yeah, you have wow. to share a chair. So how are you going to focus on studying and it's so funny like in the philippines if you did something wrong or you don't want to do chores at home yeah. your parents would will say if you don't do the chores you're not going to go to school yeah <laughs> so and that it, was the, that was the motivation to get you out because yeah. yeah. we want to go to school yeah if you go to school it means like hey your parents can send you to school and you're not in 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 the field working yeah so 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 what did your what did your mom and dad mm-hmm. um 
how were they, what, what did they do? What was, what was life like for them? So my dad is a janitor. Okay. Um, he used to be a waiter. And, and in my story, he picked up a track in his workplace, mm. a reading material about Jesus. Yeah. So he, he, works a, he used to work as a waiter. And then a group of missionaries came to the hotel that he was working and dropped that track. Hmm. And that's how he became a Christian. Wow. My mom sells food in in the in in the community market. Okay. So even if they have uh, work, like what uh, Pastor Lauren said a while ago, it's not enough. When yeah. I first came to America, they would ask me, Kiwi, what's your favorite food? And I would say always pizza. Yeah. You know why? Because a pan of pizza in the Philippines is our day's wage. Wow. And that's a good job. Yeah. So we don't get to buy yeah. a pan of pizza because yeah. that's your whole days of work. Man. Yeah, and I mean, if you're mm-hmm. if you're living off of what you know less than two dollars mm-hmm. a day, or mm-hmm. uh, yeah, gosh, I, it's that's so hard to just wrap our minds around mm-hmm. when we've you know lived in in such different a different world mm-hmm. in pizza. And you were sharing a story about um, about apples mm-hmm. that uh, that that was that was something that was a big deal. So so. With you, you, you talked about your parents. Um, you know what was what was the life like at home? Mm-hmm. Um, that that ultimately, you, you know, you said your dad got got found a track that mm-hmm. that that ultimately ended up leading him to 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 meet Jesus. So what was it like being at home um, prior to all of that, and then into you know what happened from there? I was very very young, but I always remember that my parents would always fight because mm. he's always drunk. He would come home, not just like tipsy drunk, yeah. it's like passing out drunk. Mm. So I think my my dad became very depressed, losing his yeah. three children, three sons, that he cannot provide for my mom to go to a, a hospital for prenatal care. Yeah. I think that contributed for him to drink more. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't have um, enough money to buy drinks. So what he does, since he's a waiter, the people's drink that they left <laughs> from, oh, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> from the restaurant, from the hotel, mm-hmm. he would drink it. Mm. So that's his life. And, yeah. and uh, just remember that there's not enough of food. We don't have like family time like what you have here in America. Right. Our time is, you know, to share... Um, a rice bowl of rice with soy sauce or salt or the vegetables that we grow in our garden. Mm-hmm. So that's how we, uh, that's like you know our daily thing in, yeah. in our in our household. So what happened with you? You said, and I apologize, mm-hmm. I'm prying a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what happened with your brothers? So they were born alive, but mm-hmm. they didn't make it to maybe two weeks of life or a month of life. So in infancy. In infancy, yeah. they didn't make it. Uh, one has jaundice, which is very, very treatable if yeah. you, you can, if right. you have access to medical care. One of my kids had jaundice. Yes, yeah. yes, but they they don't know that much. They don't have resources, mm. so they, they they just didn't make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're the you were the fourth. I'm the fourth. All right, and then yes. there was a fifth, right? Th- you there have was a sister. A fi- yes, there's That's a sister. Great. My sister, she's not part of the Com- uh, Compassion Project, but my mom, she's very very prayerful. She mm. prays for us all the time, like her kids, and she's into like um, having good education, whatever yeah. it takes. We don't go on vacations and stuff. We don't have money <laughs> for those, but education. But she, I would remember. Yeah. That during, if we have exams at school, 
she would really, really prepare breakfast for us. Because if you don't have breakfast, you're not going to be able to think yeah, on... Yeah, you're <laughs> on hungry your, all day. You're hungry yeah. and you can answer your, your exams mm-hmm. correctly. So that's a main thing for her. So my, my sister graduated college as well. Awesome. Uh, she had a... Um, uh, in our town mayor, they they give like grants as well. Mm-hmm. So she was she she is now a medical technologist That's working great. in Dubai. Okay, That's awesome. So what what got you guys from living in that where mm-hmm. um, da- dad's an alcoholic mm-hmm. and uh, and struggling to make ends meet, mm-hmm. drinking things off of the tables mm-hmm. and mom selling uh, local food mm-hmm. and still not enough and you're drinking mm-hmm. you know you're eating what you said rice and salt. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what gets you from that and then introduced you into compassion? How did you get connected with compassion? So my dad, when he became a Christian, he brought us to church. And in that church, there's a compassion project. Okay. So the, the pastors there said, uh, Maria Fe, my mom, you're very poor. Your children needs help. Mm. So that's why we were regist- I was registered to the compassion project. Yeah. And then I got a sponsor. He's from Australia. He's very, very... Uh, nice and he's just a simple a man and I remember the very first time that he wrote me he said you're a pretty person hmm. nobody told me that I was pretty even my parents didn't say oh my my child is so beautiful nobody yeah. but this person doesn't even hasn't met me yeah just saw me on a picture hmm. maybe that's God telling him hey this is a precious child yeah this is a this is my daughter right um you know, mm-hmm. so that's that's the start. But you know, our life didn't drastically change because somebody sponsored us. But you know what, Pastor Brooke? Because we were our mindset slowly changed, our belief system, our belief in that there is a God mm-hmm. that sees our situation, not just only see that or being passive about it, but he's an active God, yeah. that he has a plan. He mm-hmm. has a game plan. Yeah. We believe in that, that, hey, we're not going to stay like this. Yeah. God has a plan. He sees the big picture. Mm. Our life is not going to end like this. Yeah. Let's trust in the Lord. Let's trust in his plans, his ways. Let's, let's trust him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the start of us dreaming dreams mm. for ourselves, dreaming dreams for our family. You know, I have, um, I have relatives who were in Vegas before, mm-hmm. but of course they, they came to Vegas to work as well. Yeah. They would send us boxes from, and I was in high school or college at that time boxes like we call it px goods from costco or Uh maybe from walmart Uh (laughs) stuff in 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 the box and then i I remember i used to think like one day mom (laughs) we're gonna be the ones who who will send boxes that's cool and god god showed us that that's possible because Mm. we're doing it right now Pastor Brooke. Yeah. We're sending boxes to children in our community to help them as well. Yeah. Man, that's good. Um, I, I, I'm, I, so you're, you're like the, the, mm. you're like a, a great example mm. of, of how compassion, um, is, is not just let me meet the physical needs. Mm. Let me feed you. Let me get you clothes. Mm-hmm. Let me get you to school. Mm-hmm. Let me medical, um, not that those are not mm-hmm. those things, but mm-hmm. that but that it is as as compassion likes to say, releasing 
releasing children, children from poverty mm-hmm. in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. right? So you sound like the mm-hmm. the example, mm-hmm. or or at least a very good example of, mm-hmm. of a child that was released from poverty in Jesus' mm-hmm. name, rather than just released from poverty. Yes. How was life? How was life at home different when when your your life and your family's life starts? changing because mm-hmm. of because of, of of what you're reading in your bible we we uh began to pray as a as a family mm. we began to believe that there are greater things that are coming yeah you know when i graduated high school i don't know if there's money for us to go for me to go to college and we just believe my mom said let's pray god will provide he who began a good work with in you will be faithful to complete it. At that time, Compassion partners with 26 countries, developing countries all over the world. And at that time, they don't have um, anything like a program to send ch- students to college. When I graduated high school, they launched a program to send students to go to college. Oh. And you know what, Pastor Brooke? They didn't launch it in any other country, countries but my country. And wow. I was one of the first students who was able to 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 get um, take take hold of this program yeah. and go to college. Wow. See, it's it seems so impossible, mm-hmm. but God knows it already. Yeah. Even even before we prayed about it, mm. He already knows. We just need to, you know. You have children, Pastor Brooke, right? I do yeah. You know what they need, right? Mm-hmm. But you like them to tell, to tell you that's like, right. Dad, you know, yeah. this is what I want. This is what I need, mm. and that's that's how it is to us too. Mm-hmm. Our Papa God mm-hmm. <laughs> wants us to to go to Him and just spend time in His presence, mm. and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah, it's not the, the things that added to be added unto you is not the most important thing. Right. It's the seeking him. Mm. It's the knowing him. It's spending time because he's the gift. Mm. <laughs> he is the he is the promise. Yeah, I love. I mean, I love that part mm-hmm. of your story. That it's not mm-hmm. just. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I started going to this thing, mm-hmm. and then life turned around, and mm-hmm. we weren't poor all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, but but it's that it's that it's mm-hmm. the the spiritual poverty yes. that you yes. that you and your family came out of. Yes to now being able to share that yeah. with tears in your eyes, <laughs> you know, because yes. it's so important to yes. you that it's not about um, just yeah. meeting the physical needs. Those mm-hmm. are being met, but mm-hmm. that it's it's meeting the spiritual side yes. of it as well. Yes, because poverty is not just the lack of food, the lack of stuff. Mostly poverty is a spiritual thing. Hmm. It's, it's, it's thinking in your mind that you lack anything when you really get the most that though that thing that you need he yeah. is just there for you and you know I, I told you that we moved to one place to another and there was this one place that we moved to in the central business r- district of the philippines that always gets flooded yeah. every month there's a typhoon a wow. flood and anything but when we went to this um to our church there we were smiling, we were happy, and they asked us, Hey, didn't you didn't your area get flooded? <laughs> why are you why are you mm. is your demeanor right. happy? Yeah. Because we know that this is not it. We're not gonna mm. live in this area all the time. If you don't give up, you will see every day the miracles that God has for you in mm. your life. 
So don't give up because yeah. there's more. <laughs> yeah. So when 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 you, when do you think when do you think um, when do you think you realized that that because of what was happening in compassion, because you had mm-hmm. met Jesus and mm-hmm. things were changing, wh- when do you think you realized as a kid, um, maybe immediately, when mm-hmm. do you think you realized that th- this is different, life is different now because of Jesus? So as a kid, I would memorize verses, mm-hmm. but I really, really, I, I received Jesus as, as a young kid, yeah. at seven years old. I said the sinner's prayer. Right. But when I was in high school, we have a camp that I went to. And um, I remember there's a, a, a speaker who's the head of this church. And I, I told myself, Lord, are you really there? Hmm. Are you real? Are you really there? That's what I asked for. And there's 2,000 students in that camp. And I said, Lord, if that leader prayed for me, I, I believe that you're really, really there. Because it's so impossible. Hmm. I was at the back, like there's <laughs> 2,000 people and this leader is on the stage. Yeah. You know, I closed my eyes, not even like 10 minutes. He, he put his head. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I, I cried my, yeah. my guts out and I, and I said, Lord, I would never ever doubt. Wow. Doubt you. That's great. You are real. You are true. Yeah. <laughs> You're really there. Man. And at, at that time, my conversations with him, it's, it's, it's like he's, he's just there. Like my friend, mm-hmm. my God, my Lord, my Savior, he's, he's just there. Mm-hmm. He's real. He, he, I can talk to him he, not only like when I wake up and, and read my Bible every time, like even when I'm driving, even when I'm in the shower, yeah. when I'm brushing my hair, right. or do I look good or <laughs> whatever it is. There's nothing hidden to him anyway, yeah. so we can talk to him all the time. We can I talk to that. him about our our frustrations, yeah. our joy, everything. Yeah, I think we get so, uh, at least in, mm. in Western culture, we mm. get so, uh, we kind of put God into this mm. little box where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, I need to have my prayer time. Mm. And if I, mm-hmm. you know, if I, I you know, our, our uh, Hollywood version of mm. that is you're kneeling next to your bed mm-hmm. with your hands clasped and that's how you pray. And there's nothing wrong with praying that way, but that, that's the, that's the way yeah. we see prayer rather yeah. than uh, what, what you're describing when it's yes. you're brushing your hair. I don't do that very mm. often, so that, that probably wouldn't work for me. But, you know, uh, you're driving down the road. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've had church mm-hmm. in the car, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a song that came on or something I'm listening to yeah. or just being quiet in the car where it's like, yeah. man, this is different than, yes. you know. And, and so it's, it's all, I love that. I love those, you're talking about all those times mm-hmm. that you can. Um, how did, uh, so, so as, as a church, because mm-hmm. we, you know, you're here, obviously, yeah. so we're, we're working with Compassion now. Um, how did uh, your sponsors play into um, this, maybe this, this, this growth through, mm-hmm. through uh, you know, learning about Jesus yeah. or uh, obviously meeting the needs, um, letters? How did, how did all that work with your sponsors? So at that time, it's like snail mail, so I don't get a lot of letters. Uh-huh. But every time I get a letter... I have this draft notebook that I would write what I wrote in the letter because, of course, no. Before it's snail mail. Once I send it, I don't get to see yeah. the letter. And every time I ask them a question, they would answer back. Hmm. And it's like my per- it's like 
your relationship with God, every time you ask him a question, he would answer back. It's not always the answer that you want to, but he <laughs> answers. Right, right. <laughs> One time I told him, you know what? I'm praying that God will give you a loving partner, like a loving wife. And he answered back. He said, sorry, Kiwi, I, didn't, I forgot to tell you, I just got married to this wonderful woman from um, Fiji. And the very last letter that they sent me is very impactful because they said, if ever you come to Australia, mm. we would be delighted to meet you. Mm. Who would have ever, ever thought that I will be going to Australia? Actually have the option to do that. <laughs> and yes, yes. And, 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 and for me, it's like they have a belief. They believe in it, like they believe right. they believe in me. And I'm not just mm. that poor kid who's right. never ever ever gonna go, go to Australia. Yeah, that you can do it. Yeah, God can do it in your life. So that's it's like a tangible, um, of tangible words of God mm. coming alive. Yeah. Like, hey, that's gonna happen for your life. Yeah. So not to ruin the story because uh-huh. you you shared it with us already. Yeah. So, but for for I'll, I'll guess I'll ruin it for anybody that hasn't heard it yet. But you did meet them. Yes. So when did you get to meet them? How did that go? <laughs> you made it to Australia, right? Yes, I made it to Australia. So every year in our church we have a prayer and fasting. Pastor broke, and mm-hmm. usually I don't join because I was hungry when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't know how to fast. <laughs> yes. But that year, I think it was two thousand four or five. I pray that I'm going to meet my sponsors Mm. because the pastor said, pray a thing that, you know, it's like in your wildest uh, imagination who I prayed that I'm going to meet my sponsors because I don't know where am I going to get the money or the visa. It's hard to go to Australia, Mm. but that's my prayer. Mm. So that was January. March came and a group of Australian sponsors came to the Philippines because my sponsor is Australian. Mm -hmm. They asked me to give my testimony. And Mm. after that, they invited me to come to Australia and I met my sponsors there. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? (laughs) God listens to your prayers. He said in his word, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. So just delight in him. He is your delight. And, he, and all these things, he's just going to pour into you, pour into your life. Yeah. What was According it like? According to his will. Yeah, yes. <laughs> what was it like to, to, to see your sponsor? So he started sponsoring uh-huh, you uh-huh. for a while. For a, for a I guess. while until I graduated. Seven years old until I was maybe 20. Okay. Or nineteen, and he got like married that. in the middle of that. He got married. They never had a child, children of their own. Uh-huh. I went to their house, and oh my gosh, Pastor Brooke, I have my pictures on their um, refrigerator, my letters they kept, wow. and, and and I told them I kept all of your letters mm. too, and your pictures. I have it, and and I have the scrapbook that I I put all of their letters, and they said that, you know what, we tried to adopt a child. And it didn't work out, but you are our daughter. Mm, that's <laughs> So I was able to stay with them. And they're just a simple, simple couple. Because yeah. I thought before when I was in the Philippines, like, hey, the people that can sponsor are, you know, the rich people that have, like, a lot of money. Right. But these couples are very, very simple. Mm. They just, you know, hey, they saw my picture. And they said, why, why my picture? And he said, when I saw you, it's, it's just talking to me that, hey, this child needs me. This is my so kid. This is my kid. Wow. <laughs> hmm. 
So what was it like? Mm-hmm. What was it like as a as mm-hmm. a kid getting a sponsor letter? How was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, how was it for you receiving a letter mm-hmm. from them? How was it for your family when you would get those? So I always tell uh, people that ask me about the letters, you know that your letters from America smell so, so different. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. It okay. smells so fresh, smells so good. Okay. The first time that I would, uh, the first thing that I do when I receive the letter, I would smell it, Pastor Brooke. Wow. <laughs> okay. And I would always remember thinking to myself as a kid, this, my sponsor is so busy, but he stopped. Hmm. He stopped and write words in this note to send it to me. And th- that is amazing. You know the, the story in the Bible with that uh, bleeding woman? Mm-hmm. And he was calling out to Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus stopped and yeah. reached out yeah. to her. So I'm like, yes, I count. I, I, God sees me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows, he mm. knows everything. If he knows the number of my hair. Yeah. Then he cares. He cares for me. So he, this sponsor of mine is showing me that, hey, you are loved. You are cared for. I, I stop everything to just write to you that you are pretty. Hmm. Jesus loves you. That's cool. So uh, you are now married. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about, tell me about the, uh, your, your husband is a chef. Yes. So what is that like coming from struggling? Oh you know, struggling to find enough food just to get through the day mm. to now being mm-hmm. married to a, to, to somebody who can make you a fancy meal. I assume, I don't know, maybe, you know, what, what is that like? That's <laughs> it's so drastic. Until now, I cannot believe that I'm able to eat truffles, <laughs> caviar. <laughs> I don't even know those stuff before, <laughs> but during the pandemic, um, my, my husband's restaurant shut down. Mm. They were closed for five months. And I, I, I lost my job, too. I could not travel for, for uh, speaking for compassion. I, I lost my job in the hospital. And you know that fear creep, creeped mm-hmm. in because I don't want that poor life anymore. Yeah. But as I was, like, just staying in my house, I stayed for five months in, in the main house, in our house. And then I hear the birds and, and the Lord told me, Kiwi, do you hear those birds? I feed them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to feed you too. Hmm. So since the restaurant is closed, I there's a you. lot of food that they, they cannot cook. My husband would take home wow. caviar, <laughs> <laughs> steak, uh, halibut, and stuff like that. So God is telling me, hey, I told you. <laughs> I'm going to provide. I am your provider. That's awesome. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Okay, so this just popped in my mm-hmm. head. You said earlier that your favorite meal, mm-hmm. your favorite thing to pizza. eat was pizza, uh-huh. right? Because that meant it was an expensive meal. Yes. It took a day's wages. Yes. Um, has things have, have things changed? Is pizza still your favorite <laughs> meal or do you have it something else? It has changed. Else? I discovered a lot of good food now. <laughs> Don't be wrong. I still love pizza. It's great. I, I, yes. What is what is now your, your favorite meal that, that you've been blessed with? So my husband makes this uh, angel hair pasta mm-hmm. with lobster and truffle. Okay. And that's my very, very favorite meal that he, he makes in his restaurant. So you go, go to my husband's restaurant in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy. And every time I eat this sometimes me and my husband would still because when I came to America I need to like send 
not maybe 75% of my earnings to mm-hmm. my family when I first came to America. And I didn't have money while I was here in America. And, and me and my, my, my boyfriend at the time, my, my husband now, would share a Subway uh, mm-hmm. a sandwich yeah. and we would have it. And, and then now that we're able to like eat these good meals, and I would, I would, we would always look at each other. Remember when we, we can't <laughs> afford these things? God is so good. Yeah. God is just so good. Oh, so man. those little things that God is uh, giving you to enjoy, to, to splurge a little bit for yourself, it, it's a reminder that, hey, I take you out of mm. something that hard, mm-hmm. and I have this, all this for you. Just believe, trust me, I got you. Yeah. So you're saying we should enjoy the times that we do have the chocolate and the <laughs> truffles and the pizza, yes. and we should enjoy those times. Okay. Okay, so as, mm. as a church, we're partnering with Compassion, and we have, we have specifically, um, through Compassion, picked these couple of mm-hmm. churches that are in uh, Tapachula, Mexico. Yes. Um, and, so, and so if anybody is... Um, it decided to sponsor the everybody that decided to sponsor o- over the weekend, um, which we're actually still going to have some of those packets available for the next couple of weeks that, that are that are specific to that church, um, and they're available online. So if you haven't, I'm going to put this in the show notes later. But yeah. but compassion.com/colonialchurchtx as in Texas, Colonial Church TX, um, you can go there. So if you were not here this weekend and you can't make it the next couple of weekends while we have mm-hmm. packets available, you can still get some kids from. Uh, from these churches in Tapachula um, that these kids are connected with. But, um, Kiwi, my question, mm-hmm. like, what is that, what is, what is partnering with these churches? What does that do for that community? Like, what, what, what is, how, how does it, how does it affect that community specifically? So, of course, like, sometimes when we tell about the goodness of God, the, the God provides, but there's no food to eat. They're hungry. Mm. You guys partnering with that church, and when they tell the gospel with a tangible resource, telling them like, hey, it's not just lip service that we're telling you about who this God is. Mm. It is real. He really does provide, and here are the resources for you. So it's like the proof. Yes, the proof that God does provide, that God does care. Yeah. And um, by doing that, they're going to... Well, if you're hungry, your ears are not going to be open. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're thinking about food. I'm not Uh going to listen to you because you said that God is good. You're not even giving me something. Uh (laughs) So that opens um, uh, like a a, a window for the community. Like, hey, this church is really saying who God is because they care. They care for the the community they 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 reach out and look for children who are needy hungry and take them in the church and feed those children even even before they had sponsors mm. because compassion partners with that local church yeah. they're already having funds and resources to take care of the children until they meet their own sponsors yeah. or until they have their own sponsors mm-hmm. wow so we obviously should do that. So okay. So tell me then, uh, if you're talking to somebody who's debating, mm-hmm. maybe I can do this. Mm. Maybe I can figure out a way to make this happen. Mm. Ah, I don't know if I can make this mm-hmm. happen. I'm not sure I can do it. Mm-hmm. What do you say to this person who's on the fence? I always tell that 
um, you know the the saying, hurt people, hurt people, mm-hmm. but blessed people, blessed people. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, when I first sponsored my first sponsor child, I didn't have a regular job. When I was in, in Australia, there was this child who sponsored, he's 15 years old, uh, a, a son of a staff in Compassion Australia. He's sponsoring his own sponsor child. When I went to Australia, I was 21 at that time, 20, 23, something like that. And then I asked the mom, hey, how, I- how I- he is sponsoring the, this child? He's just 15, he goes to school, does he ask money from you? Yeah. And the mom said, no, Jordan plays a guitar really, really well. Hmm. During Saturdays, he would play on the streets and would put the, wow. the, the picture of his sponsored child and he would say, I am basking for my sponsored child. Wow. And I said to myself, I'm 21. If I can, if that kid can do that. <laughs> if he can figure <laughs> out how to do it. Can do I can do that too. Wow. I can do that. I don't know how to do it, but God bless that heart of, you know, a giving heart. Yeah. And he would provide for, for it. So I told my, my friends in the Philippines, hey, we should sponsor a child. I can do it by myself yet. But if you partner with me, okay. we can sponsor this child. And this child is already had graduated from the program already. Mm. And it's just a one step, like a bold step, like, hey, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to take a step. Yeah. And and you you give what you have, right? You don't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. You have that small little thing and and it's God's going to mu- multiply it. Mm-hmm. At change life. Imagine yeah. that an ordinary person like me change did an extraordinary thing because of God and changed another person's life for God. Yeah. And I mean, and you're mm-hmm. watching, just just hearing your story and how mm-hmm. your your family was changed, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's um, that's really cool. Kiwi, thank you, um, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for for driving over here from from Dallas to <laughs> to be here and spending your your weekend over here with us. And uh, thank you for sharing your smile that I know that these people that are listening here can hear through the microphone. Um, you you have been a blessing to us and. Um, uh, it's it's been it's been fun to get to just to get to know you and hear your story. Thank, Thank you. you, Pastor so, Brew. Okay, I got I got I got one more question for you. <laughs> okay, so we want to obviously we can we can go and support these kids and we want to be able to do that. So you can go to compassion.com/colonialchurchtx and you can go and uh, and and see the kids that are available there to be sponsored that we still have left out. Mm-hmm. Um, how how can we what what's what's your husband's um, restaurant? <laughs> so when we make it over to Dallas, we can support we can uh, we can support your your husband as well. You should go with your wife for uh-huh. a date night. It's called Cafe Pacific. Okay, <laughs> and you tell them you know the chef. All right, Cafe Pacific, and it's in Dallas. In 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 Highland Park Village. In, in Highland Dallas, Park Village. Texas. Okay. Yes. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Kiwi, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story again. Thank you for being a, a, a beautiful, wonderful person. That's that's uh, a blessing to us who have no connection to you in the Philippines and then through compassion are now being able to to make a difference in hopefully in in, in the lives of a bunch of families mm-hmm. and a community in uh, in Tapachula. So mm-hmm. um, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Pastor Burke. God bless you. <laughs>